And that's what a lot of men do in relationships. They get in relationships and they try to control their partners, right? I don't want my woman doing this, 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 and this. Have your standards, but you can never control anybody. I'm on a mission for me, no matter how long it's gonna take. I could just see it already. Give me that new Benz or the Wraith. Watch on my own back where I'm from. It was never safe. Yeah. Need a hundred M's, it been a safe. Last chance, life a movie. Roll another one and get baked. Mix the underwealth with the Gucci. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Between the Lines Podcast. Super, super excited because today's guest is honestly, um, you know, when I think of this individual, this is somebody who is very, you know, inspirational in many ways, right? Not because of the value that he gives, but just simply because of his consistency, his work ethic. So, Kizu, bro, I appreciate you taking time to, you know, just come in and and really just chop it up about many things. So, before we kind of get into, you know, the nitty gritty, Mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, formally introduce yourself, talk a little bit about, you know, just who you are, what you got going on, and then we're going to get right to it. Yeah, Yeah, get right to it. Um, so yeah, my name is Kizzle, founder of Express Yourself Black Man, you already know that. Yep. Um, so I am a mental health advocate, and what I do is basically advocate on behalf of black men and our mental health, because we don't have spaces and communities where we feel comfortable doing those things. So I got into it in 2017. I started with an organization called The Kizzle Brand, and that branched into Express Yourself Black Man after dealing with my own healing journey, having to go to therapy, and trying to create a space where we, as black men, feel comfortable uh, talking about the things that, that bother us on the day-to-day, bro. Yeah, so. I love that um, because I think especially with, you know, everything that's kind of going on in the world today, mm-hmm. you know, as a man, I think we need to kind of really focus in and, and keen in our mental health. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I think you're somebody who's very credible enough to kind of give, not just myself, you mm-hmm. know, as somebody who's trying to get better with, you know, healing in many different ways, but just, you know, helping everybody you right. know, learn how to kind of take care of that mental space. So before we get into like, you know, express yourself, black man, like kills you burn, I kind of want to talk about, you know, how did you pivot into that space, right? So kind of mm-hmm. talk to us about like, what were you doing before that? So I know you went to Dell State to school and all that, but just really more so how did you kind of pivot into that space? And when did you realize that mental health was a, a necessity mm. for you to kind of make it your, your brain? Um, teenage years, bro. So we were talking earlier before the episode, we were talking about my relationship, right? The funny thing is whenever we talk about mental health and just healing journeys as black men, a lot of the times what ends up happening is we go through a breakup, Mm -hmm. right? We go through a breakup and that's what sparks us to actually start healing. So it was the same thing for me. So 14 to 19, I was in a relationship. Five years of my life, teenage years, those are the years that, you know, us as guys, we're going crazy, right? We know what that means, right? right. But for me, I was in a committed relationship. And so we ended up going into college together and the relationship started failing. And at the time, I didn't know why it was failing, but it was failing because basically I had a lot of insecurities and that was impacting the way that I showed up in the relationship because I wasn't actually healing. So after that, I went through this period of depression. I still didn't go to therapy. I still wasn't actually focusing on my healing. I went into the thought process of, if I can just grind this away, I'll be good, right? right? And that's when I started a Kizzle brand. So I knew mental health was a thing. I just didn't know how to really engage and actually heal. And I thought the thought process of focusing time and energy on different things was the best way to go, right? So that's what I did. Um, and that's when I came out in 2017 was like, yo, I've been dealing with depression. I've been going through like my battles with mental health. But even at that time, I still hadn't gone to therapy. I still hadn't done the deep mm-hmm. shadow work, self-reflection that I needed to do to really start healing. Like I did self-reflection after the breakup, but it wasn't deep enough for, for me to really uncover that 
I was dealing with a lot of insecurities as a result of parental wounds and all these different things. Um, so fast forward, I get into another relationship in 2018 as a result of me actually not healing because I'm looking for love in another partner. I'm looking for a love that I didn't get growing up in a partner, in a woman, right? So we get into a relationship 2018. Um, I'm graduating at that time. And then we decide to do long distance, right? Bro. I can't do that long distance shit. You dog. can't do long distance? I can't, bro. Why not? I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't. It's it's not that I can't, mm -hmm. but I think I just wouldn't prefer to you do long distance. Like Have if, you done it before? I've done it before. And how it didn't how work. Long? How long? I mean, it's like two months. Two months? Yeah. I mean, we was together, for, but the, it's crazy because we was together for a good period of time uh -huh. before I left to go to school. Okay. But then once I got to school, it just wasn't, it wasn't working. the same. And I feel like, of course, I could have you know, remain committed. I could have obviously made it work because I did love her as a solid mm -hmm. individual. Mm -hmm. But again, throughout that, at that time, mm -hmm. at that age range, bro, it's just like yeah. so many distractions and so many things. So here's, here's, I, here's, here's what I'll say about that, right? I'm a, and um, and I'm going to finish up. But so long distance works if you want it to work. Exactly. You know, I, you, I agree. You, you I agree. and your partner got to make it work. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Because me and my girl, we do long distance right now. Technically, not even technically, percent. we do do long distance right now. Because She's in Florida. I'm in New York. Mm. So I go out there like every other month or some change or, or whatever. And we make it work that way. And we make sure that our communication is. So, is right, look, so, we, so I'm doing it that way. All right, so I love this conversation because mm -hmm. we're going off script at this point. Yeah. Because we're just talking about so much. But you saying that, how, how do you keep the relationship like fresh? I mean, I've been together for so long. Mm -hmm. But like, how do you kind of keep that relationship fresh, like repetitively? Like, how do you not get distracted? How do you not kind of lose sight of what's important? Like, as a man, because there's gonna be guys listening mm -hmm. that you know needs this advice. Yeah. And quite frankly, I'm one of them, right? Because look, mm -hmm. I personally feel like I can't last long enough in a long distance. So, mm -hmm. as a person that's listening for myself, like, how do you kind of, like, what does it truly take to like really it's, um, keep that spark? So for me, it's understanding who I'm with. Right. That's the biggest thing, bro. I think a lot of times we kind of like, as just human beings in general, we always like to make it a man thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, men are, you know, we're visual creatures and we want to be all over the place, mm -hmm. right? Human beings in general, you think women don't think about other men when they're in a relationship? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? They do the same thing that we do, right? It's about being disciplined and understanding who you're with. I know who I'm with. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who I'm looking at, right? Because I'm going to have, th everybody's going to have thoughts, right? right? but I understand who I'm with, mm -hmm. and that's what I go back to. I think a lot of times we try to make it seem like being faithful is just like this accolade that only certain so men hit, you know what I'm yep. saying? And like, they just are blessed with faithfulness and right. loyalty, and they just had these things ingrained in them. It's, it's a, a choice. choice. It's a choice. It really it's a is choice. a choice, and you have to choose it actively, right? I'm not saying every day, some days are different, right? But you actively have to choose it. And I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I was like, yo, we were talking about just like infidelity cheating. Mm -hmm. And I was like, bro, whenever you are at odds with your partner, things will be presented to you. Mm. Like what? Just just options. Got you. People. People. People gonna be DMing you. I never get DMs on a page. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't that never really happens because I set myself up in a way where people don't even feel comfortable doing that. Doing that. Gotcha. Right? But when it does happen, something's going on in the, in mm. the relationship. You get what I'm saying? Mm. We may not be communicating the right way mm. or something may be going on and then I peep it for what it is. Mm. And I understand when I was younger, you know what I'm saying? I had to go through, I didn't just get here, you know? Of course. I had to go through certain things of where course. I'm like, oh, of and course. I understand. Yep. Mm. I'm like, okay, now I get the cycles and it's repeated, it's the same lesson. 
it's the same lesson over and over and over again. It's like, okay, when y'all at odds, certain things may be presented to you. It doesn't happen all the time, but things may be presented to you. And that's when you got to really be 10 toes down about who you're with Absolutely. and understand. So that's what I'm saying to you is for me is like understanding who I'm with and where I want to go. Absolutely. And knowing that God placed her in my life to get us to where we need to get to. And that me being unfaithful, dabbling in all these other different things is not going to help push me further into Absolutely. my purpose. So it's understanding who I'm with, but also understanding my purpose and what it is that I've been put on earth to do. And connecting those two things makes me understand like, yo, it don't make sense to me for me to be out here choosing to be unfaithful. Because like we said, it's a choice. You either choose to be faithful or you don't. I love that. I love that, bro. And I think that's, that's nothing but value. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we was kind of talking again a little bit before we started rolling and before we actually started shooting about, like, you know, that experience yeah. of, you know, the relationship that didn't work out in your favor. You spoke yeah. a little bit about not thinking that women can cheat. You know, since we're on the topic of relationships, you might as well just kind of yeah. talk about all of it now. So yeah. you go from speaking about someone that you're with right now, making it work, making a choice to obviously stay faithful. But let's mm -hmm. talk about the trauma that you faced, you know, dealing with that, that hurt, you know yeah. what I mean, from yeah. your ex. So what was that like? And explain a little bit your concept of you didn't think women were cheaters because, I mean, I always knew that women can cheat. You know, I always had, I mean, you know what I mean? But, yeah. and it didn't take me getting cheated on for me to realize that. I just yeah, knew that you knew, men yeah. cheat, women cheat. Yeah. We just do it on a more frequent and a more nah. careless basis. But mm -hmm. for you, you really, it seemed like you really thought women don't cheat. Nah, yeah, so explain absolutely. to me, you know, yeah. what you was talking about, you know, a little bit earlier. Explain to us, like, how was that thought process for you? Like, Yeah, so I've been in basically two relationships. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was telling you, right? I, I, I'm not... 14 to 19, right? After that, then I hopped into another relationship. Then that's when I did the healing. Now I'm in you know, the relationship mm -hmm. I'm in now, right? So 14 to 19, when I was in that relationship, we were faithful to each other. Like, yeah, we had certain little things. I'm yeah. 14, so, you know, I, I see a girl. Maybe I flirt, whatever the case may be. But I, I wasn't out here like, yo, what's up? Let's, let's go chill in the yeah. crib. So that stuff that I went through where... We were talking about like how I learned the lessons about being faithful. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. Like at an early age, I learned about certain things that happens in a relationship, right? But to get back to your question, so 14 to 19, when I'm in that first relationship, all of my basic, basically like my developmental years, right? I'm learning that in a relationship, a woman is faithful to you, right? right? Even when I did all of that stuff, she was, there was she never any, you know what I'm saying? Right. There was never anything she that happened. So yep. in my thought process, I'm like, oh, this is how these things go. Like, Shorty's just gonna be, be faithful, right? Facts. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that I'm gonna be out here doing dirt, uh -huh. but I just I just automatically assume that women don't, mm -hmm. right? So then when we broke up, I get into I hop into another relationship, and then we get to a point where we're like, okay, you know, we're gonna be committed to each other, we're gonna do long distance. So at that point, I'm like, oh yeah, hell no, she's I'm not about to. long distance, man. It's you know what I'm saying? Nah, so nah, we, yeah, yeah, nah, we did long distance, right? So yeah. I, at that point, I'm like. Hell no, she's not about to do that. She committed to mm -hmm. doing long distance, just like I committed to doing long distance. And we older, so I'm definitely not thinking anything's going to happen. If anything, I thought things were going to happen when I was younger in that first relationship, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, um, fast forward, we, we 2018 to 2020. Um, 2020 happens, pandemic happens, right? And during the pandemic, that's when she told me, like, yeah, you know, I ended up, you know, this, this ended up happening in Atlanta, right? So I don't even. Of course, Atlanta. Why I gotta be yeah, Atlanta? Always gotta be, it's crazy. It's always Atlanta, bro. Wow. I got, I got a, I, I, I have a love hate relationship with Atlanta. I got a lot of people that I do business with in Atlanta that yeah. I love. 
But I went to Atlanta one time. And I was just like, damn, bro, this is this 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 is the city that the city. happened. You know yeah. what I'm saying? This is the city mm-hmm. that. Happened. So I, I always got I got love hate relationship with Atlanta though. But um, so yeah, that's that's how it ended up happening. The healing process after that, bro, was just understanding that, um, like I told you, bro, it's not. I think a lot of times it's been we put our this everybody in general, but especially us as men, right? We we hold on to our ego. Yep. Like that is well, the most like that we, we that. need. Like, we need it, right? And so when you get cheated on. It's like a it's like a shot to your ego. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like multiple shots to your ego. And, and you can't it like you were talking to me about like how I feel comfortable talking about it. It's cause I understand that at the end of the day, it's not first of all, it's not a personal attack against me. Mm-hmm. I understood that her cheating on me, even though she's cheating in a relationship with me, it's not a personal attack against me. I understood the context of of how it happened, mm-hmm. right? And understanding who she is as a person and what led up to that helped me to realize like, okay. This was self-sabotage in a sense. Because around that time, I was asking her real deep questions about where we going in this relationship. Right. And she wasn't able to answer that. But then that also gave her the thought process like, okay, he's serious. And certain people, when certain things get serious, they have to sabotage it. Mm. Because they can't deal with that. Mm. And once I was able to disconnect from the ego and yep. actually look at the situation for what it, it is. what it was. It was. I was able to really realize, like, this wasn't personal against me. This is just her. And this is a pattern that she has in her life. Why would it be any different in a relationship? And even to add on to that, if I had done enough, uh, if I had done intentional dating with her instead of just hopping into a relationship, mm-hmm. I would have realized that pattern, and we would have probably never hopped into that it relationship. It would have never happened and in it the first never place. Happened. You would have the chance to see that. Fact. Nah, that's crazy. And it's crazy how you mentioned um, you had a serious conversation about where y'all were heading in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I saw this clip that you posted um, mm-hmm. on your page, and you was talking about, I think you was on the podcast that you referred to. What was the podcast? The Daily Wrap-Up Crew. The Daily Wrap-Up yeah. Crew. I think you were telling them three questions yeah, that you should ask yeah. uh, to determine where the, where the relationship was going. So mm-hmm. real quick, what was what is that like? Can you talk to us real quick about, like, so, you know, what questions or what's some things you should know before heading into a serious relationship? So you know, here's, here's, here's what I say, right? I say uh, dating with intention, right? Um, and the reason why I call it dating with intention is because I feel like a lot of times we go into dating just like, listen, I get what Wrong. I get. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get what I get. Whatever choices I get, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Imagine going to a restaurant and they just bring you out whatever. And you're just like, all right. You know, I'm just right, happy man, to eat. Get it. Facts. That's Stop what we do it. when we go out and date with no intention. You I know what I'm saying? People it. don't even understand who they're looking for half the time. Right? So that's what my thought process was. That's why I was asking, that's why I was saying it's three questions that you need, right? And the questions were, um, where are you going with your life, right? What's your three to five year plan? Uh, and is that uh, individually for the personal together? Individually, because at okay. that point, it, you, you can't really plan together because you need to understand with, them with as an individual, gotcha. right? And mm-hmm. then you're able to determine whether or not their plan will align with what you're trying to do, right? Because mm-hmm. some things just don't align, right? right. Maybe I have different career choices, maybe I could probably make it work, but it's best to know these things up front so that you know what you're getting into versus right. hopping into a relationship. Now you're with someone that's saying that they want to go to Australia and you want to be in New York. Right. You get what I'm saying? Right. That's completely different. These things can be avoided if we have these conversations up front, right? And so the second question was, um, what do you want out of a partner? Mm. Right? And mm. then I was talking about the Venn diagram, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. If you tell me this is what you want, this is what I have, we should have I should have more in the middle than any other of those this circles, right? right and somebody was, so I love when I post clips on, on social media, bro, because everybody's always like, Not for real. Oh, these things don't work. 
These are interview style questions. I was gonna, I was gonna get to that. Yeah. I, love, yeah, I was gonna get yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. I read the yeah. comments. I just don't respond to yeah. all of them, bro. But yeah. people are like these don't work. These are interview style questions. Men be lying. Da 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 blah blah. What I said in response to that was, you move off actions, mm. right? You you listen to the words, but you move off actions. So I'm not asking you those questions to then say, oh yeah, these answers sound great. Let's hop into a relationship right now. Yeah. I'm asking to pick your brain to understand what you're yeah. saying. That way I can hold you to that. And if your actions don't match, I know what I need to do. Mm. And I don't try and put you into a different box based off of what you said. I listen to what you say. This is now the blueprint of who you are as an individual, yep. right? And now if your actions aren't matching that blueprint, I know what I need to do. And I don't try and make a new blueprint for you. That's mm -hmm. the problem. People, people just be trying to recreate. People try to recreate. Yep. Mm -hmm. Even if the person is lying, you can tell that, okay, yeah. this person is not matching up to what they said that they would do. Mm -hmm. If they tell you that they're if they tell you that they're a certain way and their actions aren't matching that, there's no need for y'all to continue. Word up. And the questions still help because you were able to determine that they're lying based on what they said versus what they do. Mm. So this is what people don't think. Like, yeah, okay, people lie. Great. That's great. You need to ask them the questions so that you can know up front Word what's up. going on. Word up. You not asking the questions is not going to stop you Word or up. stop them from lying at Word the end up. of the day anyway. Word up. It's just prolonging the process. So that's what I think about. Like, bro. You have to ask the right questions. You have to date with intention. You have to know what it is that you're looking for in a partner. And then the last question I said is, are you healing? Mm. Because answers could be great. I could be very articulate. I could tell you my plan. I could rehearse it. Everything could be awesome, right? But at the end of the day, if I'm not healing, there are things that are going to arise in a relationship. Right. Relationships are built off of communication. We know that. It's built off of communication. You get better at communicating. You, you get better at expressing yourself when you are going through the healing process, bro. So that are you healing is very important. Who Somebody should? was asking me a question about, well, should people be dating if they're healing? Right? Bro, is this a, so, yo, <laughs> it's crazy. Somebody was asking me a question, should people be dating if they're healing, right? But at the end of the day, healing is, is a journey. We start to, we, we like to think of it as like a destination. It's not, you don't mm. just get to a place and you just be like, oh yeah, you're healed. Right. Like now it's time to start dating. Right. No, you're always healing, bro. It's a continuous that's, process. That's crazy that you really said that because my next question was going to be when it comes to the healing part, right? Mm -hmm. As men, mm -hmm. right? As men, do you feel like, because like you said, it's a yes and no. Yeah. It's like sometimes I feel like even though I have those personal traumas or those personal wounds, mm -hmm. people feel like they can date women to not as a void to heal to, to heal them or mm -hmm. as a void, but they feel as though being with somebody who they have a great relationship with, a great mm -hmm. friendship with, mm -hmm. or they can see a future with, they feel like just talking to them or venting to them. You know, just getting that comfort, they feel like that can slowly but surely ease it can. the personal trauma. So it can. What do you think about that? Do you think it, that's is that true? It's is true. It, it's true. But so can the, you date? I mean, obviously yeah. you can't because you know. But I'm saying, like personally, yeah. would you date somebody that you had a great relationship with? You feel like this is somebody who, you know, every time y'all speak is just love. Mm -hmm. They really care about you. But mm -hmm. you know, deep down, you're going through those internal traumas mm -hmm. that you're trying to heal from. Mm -hmm. Can you see yourself giving somebody? you know, not a thousand percent of you, but mm -hmm. you know that every time you're with this person, it's nothing but good intention. It's you, nothing but love. Yeah. So, man, for me personally, I know who I am as an individual. Right. So yes, I could do that because I know 
behind that, I'm going to be working to make sure that I'm doing the healing work so that I'm not bleeding all over the relationship. Got you. Yep. Here's a caveat to that. Some people want the comfort of that relationship without doing the work on the back end to make sure that they're healing mm. the trauma so that it doesn't bleed on the relationship, mm -hmm. right? Because that's another part of this, right? If you get into that relationship and all it is is just, okay, I love the comfort of being with this individual yeah. and that you're not doing the work on the back end to deal with your own individual trauma, yeah, it's not gonna, it's not gonna yeah. end up working out because that stuff is gonna come out. Relationships have a way of showing you what you need to work on. They have a way of pulling out the individual trauma that you have that you haven't addressed, right? right? And it may not be conscious. You may not even be conscious that it's actually happening. A lot of the stuff that I was telling you about when I was 14 through 19, the insecurity that I know now in hindsight, during those ages, I had no idea that that's what was going on. Right. I thought I was leading. Wow. My woman can't, you can't wear this. You can't mm. post this. You can't put this on. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You, you shouldn't be on Facebook and Instagram and stuff Dude, with, with your cleavage yeah. show. You know what I'm saying? I think that's leadership. Mm -hmm. I thought that that's what leadership was. But it really was insecurity because now I'm uncomfortable about the fact that there's a potential that someone may be attracted to you. Mm. How the hell? Bro, you have an attractive looking shorty. Mm -hmm. People are going to be attracted to it. You have to trust that she knows how to deal with that. But because I was so insecure... I wasn't able to trust in her in her ability to manage herself. Mm. And that's what a lot of men do in relationships. They get in relationships and they try to control their partner, right? I don't want my woman doing this, 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 and this. Have your standards, but you can never control anybody. Absolutely. Right? And so when Absolutely. you get into that bag of, I want to control this person, I want to make sure they don't do that, you're already, you're, you've already Absolutely. failed at building a healthy foundation of your relationship because Everybody, like your relationship, your partner should have individual autonomy. Yeah. They should be able to do what they want to do and be able to choose you every single time. Like we said, it's a choice. That word again, being faithful is a choice. Being in a relationship is a choice. They should be choosing to make sure that they're respecting your boundaries and your standards. It shouldn't be out of control or out of fear. Mm. It should be out of choice. So anything I say that my girl does is because she chooses to do it yeah. and that she, she loves doing it. We reciprocate that. I reciprocate that energy. So do you yeah. think that come from like, do you think they always come from insecurity though? Like, I mean, obviously it it's, it's a good conversation. No, no, no. It doesn't but, always come from insecurity. Yeah. It's not always insecurity is, it, is the word that I use, use for myself. Cause I yeah. feel like mm -hmm. there's some guys out here, bro. That's, that's great men. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But they just, that control factor is, is, is real. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, I don't think you should be doing that, but I think that's such a flaw when you try to control women because mm -hmm. it's just like you obviously you can't mm -hmm. you know what I mean but it's the trust factor that comes into knowing where you are in your relationship mm -hmm. with her so it's like where else could it possibly come from if it's not just insecurity it's ego it's e yeah you got you got it go ahead it's yeah. ego yeah. right you feel yeah. me it's the ego so it's mm -hmm. like there's a fine line between knowing what you can tell your partner mm -hmm. and what you can't you yeah. know what I mean that all comes from obviously experience so my question to you with that was just like. Mm -hmm. You know, as men, how can we do a better job? You know, just opinionated. You know, obviously, there's no right or wrong answer. But as men, how can we go into our relationships with more, obviously, after healing and mm -hmm. all this good stuff, how can we just go into our relationships with more intention? Right. Right? You know, how can we just go in there with the mindset of, you know, security, safety, trust? Right. Like, what, what are some things you think can help us have gotta, that peace of mind, really? You got to identify your triggers, bro. Mm -hmm. You got to know what triggers you. And I'm very aware of what triggers me. You know what I'm saying? So Give me I, one thing that triggers you. What one thing, one that thing that triggers you? So my girl's Caribbean. She likes dancing. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So you know, okay. you know yeah, what I'm doing. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Okay. When okay. she goes to parties, okay. she wants to dance, right? right. 
Um, and she's not necessarily like gonna be dancing on a lot of different people, mm -hmm. but she attracts a lot of attention. Right. She's gonna dance in the middle of the party. She is. She's, for just, sure. she's just gonna do it. Yeah. You know. You know. Yeah. Shout she out to you, Naima. Yeah. Love she you, just. Man. She's just gonna do that, right? Yeah. I'm very introverted. I don't like being in the mix. I could do this. You know what I'm saying? But I don't like, once we get to like 50 plus people, I'm like, It's God, just like, you know it's too much, saying? yeah. I'm good. You know, I, I just want to be ducked off in the back, right? Um, and so when, especially when I was younger, that would trigger me a lot. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that she drew in so much attention. And also at that time, she'd be, Caribbean culture, you dance with everybody. You dance with your mom, you dance with your cousins, everybody, right? So she's dancing with men, women, it don't matter. But for me, that triggered me because I'm like, bro, what the hell? these dudes could potentially want you and want to be doing stuff and all these different things. Yeah. And again, I didn't trust her to be able to deal with that, right? So understanding that it's not about controlling, it's about expressing, mm. right? And you express it healthily, right? And this is what it is, right? We can have a conversation about, yo, you know, I don't really feel comfortable with you dancing with a bunch of different men at parties, right? And she could be receptive to that and understand where I'm coming from versus I don't want you dancing with men at parties. Like, that's just a no. No, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the heck? There's no room for conversation. Now, on, in contrary, what if they're yeah. not receptive, though? Does that cause friction in a relationship? It does. Okay. It does, but that's healthy friction. Healthy conflict. That needs to come out great. versus great. it happening, and then now you're having an argument, but you didn't even voice you. your concerns beforehand. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Friction is going to happen. I'm not going to always agree with her thought process on things, just like she's not always going to agree with my thought process on things. Friction is going to happen. It's inevitable. It's how y'all deal with it that matters, right? And most of the times, in a compromise, a good compromise, both parties lose. Mm -hmm. It's about knowing what you're, what you're okay. comfortable with giving up, okay. right? So for me, I'm comfortable giving up the fact that we're going to go to... So here's our compromise, right? I'm going to give you my compromise for that situation, right? Yeah, do it, yeah. So we go to parties together. Okay. Right? I deal with that social anxiety, so sometimes I don't like going to parties, and that's what it was for her when we was younger. Right? We would go to parties, she would go to parties by herself. And then now I'm stuck in the crib, not only am I dealing with the social anxiety, but I'm also dealing with the insecurity about her being at a party by herself, dancing with potentially a bunch of different people, right? So now the thought process is, hey, you come to the party with me, I'm gonna be dancing on you. Mm. I'm gonna still be doing my thing, dancing in the middle and all that different kind of stuff, but. I'm gonna be dancing with you for the main for the main part, right? And me being able to express how I felt about that was gave her the opportunity to also express where that comes from versus no, don't do that. Because now that I've told her what it is, she told me what she's actually doing it for and what she's looking for. And I'm able to understand, okay, you really just like Makes dancing. Yeah. That's just a thing for you. Mm -hmm. And you really would prefer to dance with me. But the reason why you never did that is because I never went out. I love that. And I would have never known if I just told you don't do that. I love that. You get what I'm saying? So that's a gap. That's healthy friction. That's how that happens. I compromise by giving up a little bit, by going to the parties. I know some people like compromise by going to a party. For me, that's a compromise. That's a compromise. I don't yeah, like going parties. to parties, right? Fair For enough. her, she compromises by not dancing with everybody, right? Yeah, not sure. going all, not going too out, not going too wild out, not wilding out too much, right? So that's how it works, bro. And that's what that's important for in a relationship. You gotta express those things so that y'all can come to those healthy compromises, right? I love that. I love that. I feel like we could talk about, for the sake of time, we mm -hmm. could talk about relationships forever, but that's another, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll yeah. get to that in the future. But I kind of want to backtrack a little bit mm -hmm. and, and really dive into like, you know, why I wanted to bring you on, man. And that's really just to talk to the, the male population, everybody specifically, but just really more so men, black men, just about the, our, our well-being. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Again, you know, you have a, a huge following on Instagram, social media. You've created a space for men to be able to relate, understand that it's okay to 
struggle. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be, um, you know, so so prideful and egotistical. So I definitely want to get into just like start off with um, the Kizu brand, right? Mm -hmm. A Kizu brand. A Kizu brand, right? Yeah. Start off with that. So what was the vision behind that brand, and how did it become? Express yourself, black man. How did it become to? How did it pivot? Yeah, a Kizzle brand is organizing uh, organization raising raising awareness for depression and, and helping people through difficult times, right? So that's the mission statement behind a Kizzle brand. And so what I was doing with that was basically we go out to different organizations, we go out to different schools, and I would give talks, workshops to just kids. We would talk about how to stay motivated, how to pursue your dreams, how to tie a tie, business etiquette. Whatever I could get in there, I would try and get into yeah. it. Because my thought process was, um, I want to be able to pass down information that I wish I had at their age. So we would talk to kids from the ages of five all the way up to 18. And I was doing that all the way up into the pandemic. So from 2017 to 2020, the vision was really to eventually get to a point where I can get booked out mm -hmm. and get paid for these gigs so that I can continue to do it, continue to give back. Um, to the community. What ended up happening was I would get gigs here and there. They'll all be like non-paid. I didn't really get paid for a lot of different things, but I was doing it out of passion. I was staying obedient. This is one thing I say all the time is like staying obedient That's to what God, too, yeah. yeah, staying obedient to what God is calling you to do. Because at that time, like even if you look at the Kizzle brand page right now, I don't even think we over, we definitely not over a thousand followers, right? So it's still that, growing? You know, it's, it's not, that, I'm, I'm saying that to say like, bro, it's been five years and we like it's it didn't grow to a point where express yourself black men is at now right in the three years that i did it it never really took off it never went viral but i was doing it because i knew that that's what god was calling me to do right mm -hmm. so then um 2018 i get in that relationship end up getting cheated on and because i was in the mental health advocacy uh part of a, a kizzle brand right as part of a kizzle brand i ended up deciding to go into therapy and when I went into therapy, I started learning all these different things about myself, right? And so I, I was already in a place where I was comfortable going out and talking about these things because that's what I was doing with a Kizzle brand. And so I started talking about therapy. Mm. And then that's when Express Yourself Black Man happened because I was like, yo, like I have a Kizzle brand and we talk about mental health advocacy, but there's a deeper issue within mental health advocacy. Yep dealing with black men specifically where we don't even feel comfortable having these kind of conversations at all you know what i'm saying yeah. but i was realizing like anytime i talked about stuff i'd have black men dming me like yo bro this is dope like i dealt with this too blah blah and then we would have a conversation about it but when it came to talking about it publicly nobody wants to have a conversation so i felt like okay express yourself black men only makes sense and that's when started the podcast up, just started talking about lessons that I was learning inside of therapy, and then I branched into talking to therapists, doctors, activists, advocates, all these different kind of things, and then also growing the social media, bro. Yeah, I think that's amazing, man, because, like, I'm, I feel like, you know, for me personally, just kind of seeing how much it's grown and just really kind of being a part of that community and really seeing what it's doing for just not myself, but for other men and people mm -hmm. from all over the world, it's just mm -hmm. like, kudos to you for doing that, man, because that, I think, you know, we need more of it. Yeah, we yeah. honestly need more of it. And I feel like you're creating a foundation for people to say, you know what? I see this is what it's doing for not just myself. So now I think I'm going to go ahead and start going to therapy. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and start having these conversations. I'm going to go yeah. ahead and start talking about these things. Yeah. So my next thing for you is, and contrary to all of the positive stuff, you know, talking about mental health, mental health is something very sensitive to a lot of people. So... Having such a presence on social media with Express Yourself Black Man specifically, mm -hmm. has there ever been any, you know, derogatory or negative remarks? I know we kind of spoke about that a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. where comments be all crazy. Yeah. You know, what's 
in addition to the positive stuff, what are some negatives behind like having such a space where it can also be very sensitive mm. and negative to some people where people don't always agree with you? Yeah. You know, people not gonna always agree. Yeah. While I think a lot of the things you speak, a lot of the things you speak about is facts mm. and it's factual. Some people, and, and um, and as opposed to that, don't agree. Yeah. So absolutely. what is that like? How do you deal with that? You uh, know, just knowing that everybody's not gonna agree with what you say. You know what I'm saying? Man, if Naima could be here, she'd be smiling. The reason why I'm saying so, um, I used to struggle with that heavily, mm. bro, because deep down inside, I have people pleasing tendencies, right? And so I was a starting a social media page as a people pleaser and yeah. I didn't even know I was a people pleaser. So especially so black man helped me to get out of people pleasing. Mm. Because you can't people please on the internet. Right? You're gonna you're gonna go insane. You're gonna go crazy. Right? So I was getting on social media, posting my thoughts on things, and then when people would leave comments in disagreement, I'm questioning my whole existence, the whole page, everything. So that's what I dealt with heavily for like a year and some change, right? Where I was just like anytime somebody disagreed, I'm thinking that it's an attack on me, right. and I'm always talking to Naima about it, I'm talking to my therapist about it also, but I'm talking to Naima and I'm like, yo, bro, like, I can't believe that this is what they thought mm -hmm. about this content. And she's so wise, she'd just be like, yo, you understand that everybody has their own thought process right. and some people are not seeing it from your point of view and she would bring me back down. And that's why I always tell people like, your girl is not there, your girl, your partner, right? They're not just there. Mm -hmm. For them to just be listening to everything that you say and just Agreed. taking Agreed. instructions and yeah. you know in agreeing right i come to naima because i understand she has wise counsel and guidance in areas and can see things that i can't see Absolutely. right when i'm in that situation and i'm thinking that these people are attacking me personally she's telling me yo that's not what it is and that helped me to keep going because around those times i'm like yo bro you like i said bro yeah i don't need this bro yeah i got a nine to five i'm doing okay i don't i'm not even getting paid from this mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i got a lot of followers but i'm not dumb wow. i'm good i don't need to do this i'm not mm. that's one thing that separates me from a lot of different people i'm not doing it for bread mm. You know what I'm saying? Totally if I was, right. if I was, there'll be a bunch of ads on the page. I'd be talking to all these different sponsors. On I don't do that. I don't need to do that, right? And so for me, at that time when I was dealing with that, I was like, bro, I'm about to just dip off because I, I'm good. I don't need to do this for money. But she helped me to 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 come back down. So now my thought process is understanding when I get a comment like that, right? I always have like a knee-jerk reaction to just respond and defend myself. Mm -hmm. That's the people pleaser in me, wanting people to understand where I'm coming from right. and wanting people to like me. Right now, I take a second, right? I take like five seconds, I read the comment, and I understand where the person's coming from. A lot of times, what people are really saying is, hey, I clicked in to watch this, hoping that it would help me, and it didn't. Mm. And you didn't see me in the way that I wanted to be seen, mm. and you didn't help me in the way I wanted to be helped, and this is the way that I'm expressing it on your page. And so it's my decision to then respond to that or leave it as that. Some, most of the times I just leave it because most of the times what ends up happening is when I respond, people are already hell bent on their idea. Mm. So me just responding is not really doing much, right? I can explain as much as I want to, but I've done it enough to understand that most people don't even care for the explanation, right? Thanks. They're hell bent on what their thought process is. Um, and in other situations, they, they understand where I'm coming from and it is what it is and we agree to disagree. But I choose my, I, I pick those battles wisely and I, I focus more, excuse me, I focus more on the positive than the negative, right? Like if I find myself ever getting to a point where I have hundreds of positive comments and I'm just going to focus in on those two negative ones, I know that the wiring needs to be reframed. Mm. And then I focus in more on the positive and I just keep it that way, bro. But it, it was definitely a journey. Get into this yeah, because I mean, it's, it's, it's and not even 
just for mental health, but it's just like, even for myself, bro, you know, being, you know, just somebody who loves to inspire and kind of give value in many different ways, shape, or form, mm -hmm. you got to understand that, you know, people aren't always going to agree nope. and are not always going to see eye to eye, and, and yeah. that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think you, you know, you kind of explaining it how you explained it. You do a very good job of kind of refocusing and recentering yourself, mm -hmm. and you know, understanding the changes, if any, not crazy changes, but yeah. understanding how to kind of move in the future, so that way you're kind of more appealing to the masses, if that makes sense. It's not you even necessarily about. Here's the thing, right? Like, it's not about being more appealing to the masses, right? So, I, so. For me, it's about being authentic without being disrespectful, mm. right? If I know I'm being if I know I'm being authentic, and I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, I'm comfortable, right? right. If somebody took it as disrespect, then it is what it is, right? Um, there's certain situations in which I'll explain a little bit more, but most of the times I don't because I know what my intention was right. when I put the content out. Right. So it's not about trying to appeal to the masses because that's when you get into the point of like having like this cancel culture like influence the way that you create, and I feel like as creatives. Yes, you have to move with a certain mm -hmm. level of grace, but you also have to be true to who you are, like we were talking about. I don't go on podcasts and say outlandish stuff for views. Right. I say what I believe in, what I feel like is going to help people. And if that does get a lot of engagement, then great. But if it doesn't, then that's fine too. Right. Because I have to, at the end of the day, that's how I'm morally wired. I have to do things with integrity. I can't do something that I feel like doesn't, uh, fit and match who I am as a person for profit or right. gain. That's just never who I've been, right? And so um, I do things to be authentic. I don't try and appeal to the masses, but if people do like and, and value what it is that I put out, I hope that they join the community and that's what it is and that's how we go, bro. But, I love that. Yeah, it's not about appealing to a bunch of different people and appealing to the masses, bro, because at yeah. that point, you're not being true to who you yeah. are. Yeah, when I mean, when I say appealing to the masses, it's not more so on changing your beliefs or like mm -hmm. the content that you put out. But maybe I, your tone and your delivery. Yeah, I just meant it more did, so yeah. on the... And the yeah. way you deliver what you say, you yeah. know what I mean? And the message that you mm -hmm. kind of give. So I don't mean, I mean, okay, you know what? Let me just switch up how I post now because yeah. people don't like it. So let yeah. me just appeal. Nah, I just meant in a way that sometimes now that I've had this experience where I said something and it might have came off as a trigger to somebody else. Yep. Let me just be mindful of like when I do have this same message, mm. I'm going to just say it in a message in a way where they could kind of say, okay, cool. Now I can see what he's saying, although I don't agree with it, mm. I still see Where's Kyle? You know what I'm saying? You know what? No, you're, you're speaking facts. Because yeah. when I used to, when I first started in YouTube, um, I'm very animated when I start talking about yeah. certain topics. I get passionate. But when I get passionate, my voice raises. And so when you're making a YouTube video and all you're doing is posting 30 second clips of, your, of you raising your voice and yeah. talking to a community of people that are dealing with mental health issues, it's not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would have comments. People like, bro, why are you always yelling at us? Why, you, why your tone sound like that? I'm speaking facts. Yeah. But my tone and my delivery is off. So people are uncomfortable with that. Exactly. Right? There's certain creators that, that dive deeper into that and they'll go straight with that. But I have to realize the audience that I have. Mm. If I want to reach people, if I want to make sure that I'm helping people, I have to manage my tone. Exactly. That's not changing who I am. Exactly. That's understanding exactly. my audience exactly. and understanding that in order to make sure I'm helping the most people, I have to make sure I'm delivering it with a certain level of grace. Exactly. I can't just be, you know, I can't be harsh. I can't exactly. give straight up just harsh advice all the time. Mm -hmm. That's what I, that's how I talk to my bros, though. Yeah. That's what people don't understand. Yeah. The, the, the kizzle on the page and the kizzle behind the scenes is different. I love when I'm that. talking to my bros, I don't got to, yo, yeah. bro, you know, give yourself grace. I do that when I need to, but most of the time I'm like, yo, bro, get it together, bro. I've been hearing Come grace on, so much. Grace, 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 grace. I'm like, bro, grace, get it together, bro. You, you can do, I know you can do better than this. Yeah, I love that. 
And you, we was talking a little bit before we started shooting over on the other side. You was kind of mentioning where, you know, as men, there's a lot of situations that we experience where we don't like to talk about it or voice mm-hmm. our concerns or just our trauma or what we're going through. Mm-hmm. But when we get in that room with our bros or whatever, we kind of, we vent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what's that like for you? And you kind of spoke a little bit about, you know, the kizzle on your page and the kizzle behind the scenes is a little bit, yeah. you know, different. So talk yeah. about what that's like, you know, from being, you know, kizzle, you know, an influencer. When I say influencer, don't think like... No, nah, no, nah, you, you good, bro. Influencer in terms of like people, you know, people I'm not one of those you. people that be yeah. like fiending about titles and I'm just, yeah. bro, it is. But it's just like, speak about like just that dynamic, whereas mm-hmm. people don't like talking about things like that in public. Mm. But it's like when you get in a room like this, you can have those convos. How important is it to be able to speak about your things freely mm. without feeling like you're being judged or, you know, not caring because you know who you are? Yeah, like you said. Yeah, you brought, right? you brought it up. You brought it up. I was going to say, um, there's this trend on social media of people telling people, yo, you can't tell everybody everything, right? And I understand that to a certain degree, right? But I feel like, listen, I talk about some of the most intimate moments in my life getting cheated on. Depression, suicidal ideation, social anxiety, relationships, you know what I'm saying? We, these are the things that people hold near and dear to their heart. The reason why I'm able to give it so freely is because I'm comfortable with who I am. Mm. Once I give it to you, you can't use it against me because I'm not giving you ammo. You know what I'm mm. saying? It's not, I'm not giving you anything that is going to penetrate me because right. I know who I am, right? And I think... People are so uncomfortable with the truths about themselves. So when they give that to other people, it feels like it's like, yo, they can use it against me. Right? It's like, oh my God, man, like I just told them I got cheated on. What if they bring this up in the future? Don't get me wrong, those are uncomfortable situations. If somebody brings something up that you told them in confidence, but at the end of the day, if I'm comfortable with who I am, it's not gonna bother me because I know who I am. I'm comfortable with that situation. I've made peace with it. Like I said, with the cheating, with the depression, with the suicidal ideations, with the anxiety, I know who I am as a person. So it's easy for me to express what it is that I'm going through, what I'm dealing with, because it's not going to do anything if you bring it back up or use it against me or whatever the case may be, because at the the core of who I am is, bro, I'm good with this. Like whenever I give it to somebody, I'm good, bro. At that point, I'm already good. Right. So I'm not telling every I'm not saying for people to just, bro, tell everybody everything. Mm -hmm. Right. You're not at my tolerance level. Right. You may not be at my level, but you got to understand that the things that you are comfortable with, those are the things that you can probably share freely. And if that's not everything, then that's fine. For me, it's like, yo, bro, I'm comfortable with these things. So it is what it is. And I got more and more comfortable with those things as I went through therapy and as I talked, talked about it and understood and listened to another human being say, you're valid for feeling the way that you feel. Mm. And that's another reason why we need to express because a lot of times we have these things cooped up inside and we don't feel valid for having these feelings and thought processes until we actually express and get it out. Mm. And then when we get it out, we're like, yo, you cool with that? That's crazy. You cool? That's like, crazy. that's cool? That's cool to you? And it's like, okay, cool. Why? I didn't even realize. But you would never know until you have that conversation. Yeah, right? and when it comes to expression, it's like... I'm I'm horrible with expression, bro. You think so? I'm horrible. I don't think you are. Bro. I'm horrible. I'm horrible with expression sometimes. I feel like You're there's certain like things. In, emotional, emotional, like, okay, emotionally, okay, emotions, okay. emotionally, okay. I'm terrible with like expressing my feelings because okay. I just feel like I don't know. I feel like I'm not at the point where 
It's like I know who I am, mm -hmm. but it's like I'm not at the point where it's like if you, you bring it up, tell you. yeah, you, you're not at the you know point I mean? where you're comfortable, comfortable telling, telling people, people who you are. Yeah, because it's, it's just right. like that's a pro it's you know a process. I mean? You go through it's it. crazy. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you say that, it's like damn. Now I'm thinking about ways that I could kind of improve in that area because I mm -hmm. see how how peaceful that is. It is very. You know peaceful, what I'm seeing? Bro. I like I see how peaceful that is. So it's like mm -hmm. yo. I really like that's a great way to like really it's a great thing to start practicing yeah, yeah, yeah. to get that to start expressing more and really yeah, yeah, yeah. become more comfortable the way that, that, the way that you get there bro is one thing at a time bro yeah one of really. those one of those truths at a time bro you mm -hmm. ain't gotta go all it ain't even nothing crazy it's just like little, it's little stuff like mm -hmm. but it's just like damn it's like it really ain't as big of a deal that i might think it is but yeah. it's just because of how i am bro i'm just like very it's, it's something that probably. you hold near and yeah. to your heart that's yeah. you that's that it is what it is that's but crazy you do one thing you do one thing at a time you in therapy right now or no no bro, i was going to talk about therapy yeah, saying, yeah, but nah, i'm not yeah. in therapy if, and if, i think therapy is very important yeah it would really help you bro it yeah, will help you i'm telling you bro we'll, we'll talk about that another yeah. thing. but how did you get into uh to kind of you know move on a little bit how did you get into a black man safe haven so you got expressions of black man yeah talk to me a little bit about uh, a black man safe haven now. So yeah. where you have expressions of black men, although it's still kind of for, you know, black males, mm. I still feel like a lot of women and men, you yeah. know, take that advice that you give. Yeah. But a black man safe haven is that, it's a community specifically for mm -hmm. males to be a part of that. So yeah. what is that? And like, how did you come up with that idea? So, and, and yeah. So it? what I realized is that we all, yo, it's interesting, man. Once you start creating, you're going to like, yeah. I thought that I was getting on social media to get rid of my nine to five. But I just realized I just traded in a new nine to five. I just traded That's into hard. a new nine to five, bro. That's hard. Social media is the new nine to it five. It really is, though. It and really? they try to make it seem like All it's this sexy thing. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's it's another it's, a, it's another nine to five, bro. All the creators that you see, most of the creators that you see are on yeah. the clock. Not the physical clock that they have at a job, but, they but you got a clock for yeah. social media. You mm -hmm. got to post at certain times. That's a nine to five. You got to post up. at 12. You got to post at nine. You got to post at six. You don't have control over your time, right? right? And so once I started realizing that, I said, oh, hell no. I'm not about to get 10 years deep into this. He said, and hell then, no. Nah, seriously, I'm not about no. to get 10 years deep into this and start hating my life. I feel that. You know what I'm saying? And then create this thing that people are dependent on, so I feel like I can't stop. So mm -hmm. once I realized, like, okay, I'm trading into a new nine to five, I had to realize how to get out of that. And the way to get out of that is ownership, right? Mm -hmm. So safe haven is the first phase. Safe haven is the first step of that ownership, right? It's, the, it's, a, it's a full plan to get into a point where I have complete ownership over the platform and I don't have to be on social media and I have control over my time. And so what it really is, is the holistic healing platform for black men. It's a, a platform that we own. We own the content on there. We post whenever we want and all the men in there feel comfortable exp expressing how they feel because it's not on Instagram. Mm. It's not an Instagram comments. It's not getting out of safe haven unless you have given permission for it to get out of safe haven. And on top of that, we don't have algorithms where certain things aren't going to be seen and you can't talk about certain things and you can't feel comfortable sharing certain things. You can do all of that inside of safe haven because we own the platform, right? And that's what I realized. The game is to have ownership. Mm. When you don't have ownership over stuff, you will always be clocking in to somebody else. And I don't want to clock in anymore. Right. The reason why I'm doing, part of the reason why I'm doing social media is so that I don't have to continue to clock in bro so safe haven is part of that the other the, the big real reason why i did it too is because i realized like instagram ain't enough bro mm. tiktok ain't enough youtube ain't enough bro we need yeah. more than that right and with safe haven i've been allowed to i've been able to leverage partnerships with 
organizations that provide low-cost therapy, mm -hmm. and then also the medical concierge service, right? So the low-cost therapy is $50 or less per session for people that are inside Safe Haven, right? And they get therapy sessions um, through that partnership. And then on top of that, they have a medical concierge service where basically that service books doctor's appointments for them, it finds black doctors in their area, can also take them to and from doctor's appointments, will pay for that tough. transportation, all that. And that's through partnerships. You can't really leverage partnerships like that on social, social media, media because you don't really have that's a tough. way in which to facilitate the partnership. You don't have a way in which to reach your audience to make sure that they get these services and that you can communicate with them because social media isn't made in that way. They don't want you to build a real platform off of it. They want to build their platform mm -hmm. through your audience. Mm -hmm. And I think we get that game messed up a lot of times. Like we accumulate all of these followers, all of this engagement, but we don't actually have ownership over that. Right. And so at the end of the day, we're still waiting and hoping that when we post a certain thing, it's going to reach the right people and we're going to be able to really impact them. But you don't really know for sure because at the end of the day, it's up to Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, whoever it is. Right. Oh, and so safe haven is the way out of that. Oh, Once you have ownership over your audience, you can do whatever you need to do. Right. As long as it, you know, matches and it matches up with what you're trying to do is in terms of the mission of your overall your overall company. So for me, safe haven is that and it's, it's basically getting to a point where we have complete ownership over the platform while still operating out of integrity and helping people, um, which, is, which is the reason why we started Express Yourself Black Man. I love in the first that, bro. Place. Yeah. I think that's super dope, you know, just kind of having that ownership aspect because, like you said, ownership is important nowadays, especially with the way the world is just moving right, with money, inflation. It's just mm -hmm. crazy. You need stuff that's literally yours. Right. And I was kind of doing some, and this is a little bit off topic, but I was doing some research. Yeah. Uh, but matter of fact, before I get to that, I want to ask you this question. Mm -hmm. When it comes to, like, your mental health, you know, information that you give, like, your videos or the gems that you give mm -hmm. do you actually study these things mm -hmm. are you getting this information from your therapist like mm -hmm. how are you so knowledgeable with the information like how can i be somebody who yeah i go to your page i see that you have thousands of followers mm -hmm. but how do i trust the information that you're giving me that's a great question so it's a it's a mixture of all three of those things it's a mixture of conversations with my therapist it's a mixture of conversations with therapists in the community right um and it's also research that I've done on my own and then also my personal experiences, right? So here's the thing, right? I never go on a page and say, this is exactly what you should do and this is the outcome that you'll get, right? Mm -hmm. I'll say, here's how you get over social anxiety. Here's how you get over this, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And I'm coming from my perspective, right? Things that work for me. Most of the time, people don't realize therapists are doing this. Therapists do this, I believe. right? This is what they do. This is what they have to do, right? They are speaking from experience whether it be experience that they've had with a bunch of different clients or experience that they've had within themselves or some research. Therapists do the same exact thing, right? So I'm doing that through the lens of an actual black man that's going through healing and trying to facilitate healing in others. And what I do is make sure that it's open enough for us to have conversations. There's a lot of therapists that follow me. There's a lot of therapists that will check me if anything comes on the page that they're like, yo, bro, I don't it's agree not, with this. You know right. what I'm saying? That's the beauty of having an open community where mental health professionals are there. If there's anything that I ever say that they're like, yo, bro, this is problematic, Same it's going to be in the comments. Mm. Trust and believe me. I'm, I know they, there's certain people that are probably waiting. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, like, I speak from experience, and I don't speak to be correct. Got I speak, you. you know, I speak to help. I love you. And create conversation, right? Because when you share to your audience and y'all start talking about these things, now y'all can create solutions that work for y'all. Because mental health 
and these issues that we deal with aren't one size fit all solution. I'm gonna give you what works for me in hopes that you can take bits and pieces and develop your own plan that works for you. And that's the same thing your therapist is gonna do. They're gonna give you advice, they're gonna give you information, but at the end of the day, you have to craft a solution that works for you because you are ultimately, you know you best, and any therapist will tell you that. The therapists are experts, but they're not experts on you. You're the mm. expert of yourself, right? So because I'm an expert on myself, I'm able to articulate what works for me, and because also I'm the average black man, mm. it's most likely gonna work for you, and if it doesn't, it probably won't be too far off. I love it. I love that, bro. I love that, the responses. And I love the accountability you took in that, too. It's just like yeah. you speak not to be correct, but you just speak to kind of help people. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's good. And I and I love the fact that you're open to getting that criticism. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who so like, again, prideful, that it's like mm -hmm. when I say certain stuff, well, I post this, you know, when I post this clip, I need it to be, oh, I'm right, I'm right. Oh, my God, he, he got all these jams and all that. Like, mm -hmm. you don't post for that. You mm -hmm. post to just honestly give game, mm -hmm. give value. Whether you take from it, whether you don't, mm -hmm. I'm open for the feedback. And I think that's what a lot more people or creatives need to do, too. Right. It's kind of like be more open-minded right. you know, yeah. to that criticism. Understanding that. And just understanding yeah. that it's like ways to be better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's ways to be better. Yeah. And I think yeah. you do a good job at that. So that's dope. Appreciate and my that. next thing I had that I was going to ask you was... I kind of wanted to, I was researching your picture, and I think you wrote this book as well, too. Yeah, Hurt and Healing. Yeah, Hurt yeah. and Healing. So where did that come from? Did that come from, just based on the title, did that come from your breakup, or was that, not nah, to go just, back, just, but just it was just a regular book. So talk to us a little bit about what that book was about. Yeah, so four different chapters. Um, each chapter is split into two sections. And so the first section is my story, so basically my experience dealing with the chapter subject. And then the second section is my advice, my guidelines, what you should do to actually go through healing when dealing with that. So the four chapters are uh, depression and suicidal ideations, breakups, anxiety, and then attachment styles, right? And so I made it in a way where I kind of took people through my journey of going through the healing process, right? So like we talked about that relationship from 14 to 19, that's the first chapter, which is breakups. Mm -hmm. I talk about the process of going through the breakup and what that did to me and then how I healed from that. Then the second chapter after that is depression and suicidal ideation. I talk about dealing with depression after the breakup and how I actually healed with that. Then the third chapter I talk about anxiety, right? And what that was like for me and how um, I started dealing with anxiety and realizing that I had anxiety. And then the fourth chapter I get deeper into attachment styles because I feel like attachment styles, attachment theory is very important for all of us to understand because it's really um, how we create and form relationships with other people, right? So like if you have an unhealthy attachment style, then there's most like you're most likely going to be forming um, unhealthy relationships with other people, right? Mm. Unhealthy, right? Um, and so there's four different attachment styles. I just want to break them down. Anytime I talk about attachment styles, I just want to break them yeah, down. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. So four different attachment styles, right? Um, there's secure, which is seen as the ideal or healthy attachment style. There's anxious, insecure, preoccupied. That's the one that I had, right? Mm -hmm. So anxious, insecure, preoccupied is basically like you have problems with intimacy, mm -hmm. right? Or you actually have, you have problems with individuality, right? So I think of attachment styles in two different, uh, there's two different dynamics that play mm -hmm. out in each attachment style, right? So if we go back to secure, we think about intimacy and individuality. A secure individual is comfortable with both. When we get to anxious, insecure um, attachment style, they are not comfortable with individuality, right? Mm -hmm. But they love intimacy, right? So that's where I was at. So that's also why when she would go out to parties and different things, I would struggle because I want to be intimate, but now you're forcing me to be in my individuality. Mm. So that's a trigger. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's anxious, insecure, preoccupied. Then you have avoidant, 
Avoid it is the opposite, right? So they struggle. You said avoided or avoided? Avoidant. Avoidant. Okay. Yeah, avoidant is the opposite. They struggle with intimacy, right? Mm -hmm. So this is intimacy for them, right? Individuality, individuality, they're very good at. They love being in their individuality. So when their partner is in a relationship with them and they want more intimacy, they struggle with that. They mm. push that away. It's called avoidant for a reason, mm -hmm. right? So they, they're comfortable with their, their individuality. They'd rather be in their own individuality. And then you have disorganized attachment style, right? It's disorganized. And basically, that's like a mixture of avoidant and anxious. So they basically live in like a contradictory state where they're like going back and forth, where they struggle with intimacy, but they also struggle with individuality. So when they're in the individuality, they're like, damn, I need to get closer to my partner. I need to be in, in, I need to be intimate with them. But when they're with the, and when they're intimate, they're like, damn, maybe I shouldn't be on them like this. Maybe I should be, maybe mm -hmm. I should push off. And all of these attachment styles come from our relationships with our parents and things that happened when we were growing up. So nah, um, I wrote about all of that in the book and like how to heal and how to go through that process. What was that? that um, was important. What was that writing process like though? Like just kind of putting it together. Um, the beautiful like? thing about that, bro, is that I write so much content that the book ended up being a lot of like 80% content that I already made and like maybe 20% of stuff that I had to add in from like research and stuff like that. So mm. um, I had content that spoke to most of those things, like how to how to deal with a breakup, how to you know how to uh, how to deal with um, suicidal ideations and depression and I also had content the only thing that I really need to do around that time was like learn more about anxiety how it affects us um, and then like things that I did that worked for me with dealing with my anxiety like meditation mm -hmm. um, journaling that kind of stuff and so for me the, the, the process took about like three months Mm -hmm. um, if I was to write an ebook now, it probably would take way less time than that because I found a better process of doing it. But around that time, I was just writing it out myself through Google Docs and just taking time when I had time to write it out. But now, if I were to do it, I would use uh, a transcriber, something that you can speak to that writes for, you, for you. And then I would have somebody actually like take that and then write it up and then proofread it and make sure that it, it looks good uh, so that I can use my time. Yeah, That's dope. Um, and we almost be about to wrap up shortly. Got a yeah. few more things. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to say these things, like I'm going to just say like whether it be a word or just a phrase and I just want you to just first thing that come to your mind, just right. like give a response to, to what you think you about, about to, it. You about to get me in trouble? No, 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 I don't know, no. It's regular, just stuff, just black men that we come to face. So the first thing I want you to just kind of just talk about, mm -hmm. just give a gem and just think of it on a generic level. Don't okay. think about relation, just. I'm going to give you the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, bro. regular I'm, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. Black men going to therapy. Dope. Okay. Yeah, we need to. We need to. We got to. Okay, cool. We have to. Everybody needs a therapist. Everybody needs therapy. Mm -hmm. Cool. Black men being more forgiving to themselves, meaning grace. Absolutely essential, bro. Absolutely essential. Because here's the thing, right? Um, we all go through things that we're not proud of, mm -hmm. and things that we've done and mistakes that we had. And when we hold on to those mistakes, it's hard for us to move forward, right? You get stuck in your past identity, mm. right? Because it's like, damn, man, mm. like, Am I still that person or am I this person that I want to be, right? And forgiveness allows you to let go. It doesn't mean that you're not accountable for what mm -hmm. you've done. It just means that you're able to move into the new season that you have for yourself and you're able to grow, right? You're, you allow yourself to grow when you forgive yourself. So yeah, it's essential, bro. We need love to, that. Yeah. Pride. Let it go. I love that. He's... Let it go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let Pride. it go, bro. Ego. Ego. Because uh, it's, it's ego can be a good or bad thing. Yeah, so. yeah. So that's ego. what I was saying. It's, it's not serving you to, 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 to dip into it too much, right? Because here's the thing, right? 
ego has a way of showing itself in certain situations when mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be there. Mm. And that can be detrimental to relationships, just your life in general. So understand your ego when it's showing up and let go of it, just like with your pride, because pride and ego some somewhat, you know, the same, um, or they, they kind of like, they're, they're along the same lines, right? So just like with your pride, you have to learn how to let go of it. And when you should be able to kind of receive from other people and from other sources, right? So for me, like my ego is there, it's important, um, but I also know when to let go of it and when to not make it about me, man. Mm. Like, because sometimes it's just really not about me. And when you have a page on social media, you gotta understand there's 60,000 other people that are dealing with things and most of the times their response to you isn't about you. Well, so that, learn, learn how to let go of it. Understand it, but learn how to let go of it when necessary. I love that. And last yeah. one, um, black men, it's okay to cry. We, yo, bro, whoo, we got it, bro. Bro, we gotta cry, bro. You know what's interesting, bro? I be crying just like randomly. Yeah. Like some, yeah, yeah, just like randomly. Like sometimes when it's like, when I know I'm going through a lot, I know I'm going through a lot of stress or something, bro, I just, I put on a movie, I'm like, yeah, this movie about to do it. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, one of those movies is Seven Pounds. You ever watch Seven Pounds? I watched Seven Pounds, yeah. Seven That's Pounds a great movie. will do it. That's and a I, great movie. And I don't, I've never watched watch it again. Watch that movie if you haven't, it's a yeah, great movie. Yeah, I've never watched it again since the first time I watched it because that's how deep it was to it's me, It's a great bro. movie. And what, the reason why I'm saying all this is because we hold in a lot when we try to hold in a cry. I think mm -hmm. about it like holding in a fart, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I think about it like holding in a fart. You yeah. need to let that go, bro. Yeah. Like you have to let it go, bro. It's essential for you. When you cry, you let go, of, especially when you're crying because of dealing with emotions or a stressful situation, you let go of toxins through your tears. It's mm -hmm. your body's way of rebalancing, right? And it gets you back to, you know, uh, to being equal with yourself, basically, right? Centered, right? And so. You have to be able to cry and let go of those things, right? But we were taught growing up, no, crying is a sign of weakness. weakness. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You pussy if you cry, basically, oh, yeah. right? You crying, like, you crying, man, what's wrong with you? Like, Word bro, it. imagine somebody told you, whoa, you fart? <laughs> like, you'd be like, what the hell? That's, that's like, normal, yeah, bro. Like, yeah, I, that's normal. We, that's what we need to get to. We're crying, bro. It's normal to cry. So when I need to, when I need to, bro, I throw on a movie and I let some tears fly, bro. And after that, I always feel better. Anybody that cries, regularly which means like maybe like maybe like once a few every few months or whatever the case may be understands that after they cry they feel better right but as black men we feel so uncomfortable just with the thought of just like oh my god man i'm about to cry like there's something wrong with me for crying like nah bro let them tears fly bro i tell my bro all the time anytime they tell me they're going through something like bro it's cool let those tears fly bro one of my men just lost his um lost his godmother and he hit me up randomly just telling me about it and I knew in that moment, like, as men, we will ask each other for permission. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we do that. That's it's crazy. like, bro, I'm going through this. And it's like, he's looking for, somebody for to you to say, say out, yo, just, just let, let it go. go. Let it you know out. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just gave it to him. I'm like, yo, bro, let it go, bro. He never asked me for it specifically, but, but I you know, know in that moment, that's, that's what he needs. Yep. He needs to let it go. So I was like, yo, bro, let it go. Let those tears fly, bro. There's nothing wrong with crying. He's like, thanks, bro. Well, and that was it. We didn't talk after that. But I knew that that's what he was, what he hit me up for, because it was out of the blue, bro. Yeah. Um, just kind of, you know, going after that, whatever the case may have you. So now I kind of want to talk about for you, you know, with Expressions of Black Men, um, you know, a Black Man Safe Haven, you know, mm -hmm. a Kizu brand, just kind of with your whole movement, mm -hmm. right? What's, you know, what's the overall vision and goal, you know, for you personally? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the, with those brands, obviously, but like, what's the overall vision and goal behind all three of those things, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the overall end goal? 
Like, no, are they, do they have their own specific visions, goals, or is it all just kind of They like, all play into one goal. Got it. Which is doing what, whatever God tells me to do, bro. Whatever God has envisioned, bro, that's, that's really what it is. I pray to God and I ask him all the time, like, bro, listen. I don't want the responsibility of this. Mm. It's a lot. People don't understand, bro. Like, mm. you got 60,000 people that's following you on Instagram, it's bro. Crazy. That can be, that's a it's lot crazy. for one person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want the responsibility of trying to manage and dictate where we go. Right. I want you to lead me in that direction and I'm going to follow. Right? It's all about just being obedient. So what I'm seeing right now, right, and this is something that I always, you know, I just have conversations with God and I stay, you know, I steer the course based on what I'm seeing and what, I, what he what he puts in my life. What I'm seeing right now is next five years, um, I'm definitely not going to be on social media as much. I'm gotcha. gonna be making content, but not posting That's frequent. Like I'm posting. Like I, no, it's gonna be frequent, but I'm not gonna be the one doing the actual posting. Oh, gotcha. like we told you're gonna you have about, people right? in place. Automate gotcha. in the back end so that I can have more time to actually do things gotcha. like this, have podcast features, mm -hmm. go out and do talks, things of that nature, and then really build. Safe Haven is a mechanism that I'm using to build that income while also having integrity and helping people so that I can get to a point where I can have control over my time and do the things that I want to do. So eventually what Safe Haven is going to end up happening is that we're going to have enough members that are in there that um, I'm going to be able to now be to, to leave my nine to five and work on this solely. And those members will also be managing the members inside, mm -hmm. right? So there's gonna be moderators, there's gonna be therapists in there, it's gonna be a lot of different things that are happening, webinars, weekly, weekly events that we still have to this day, right? So that's gonna get managed by itself, which will also give me time to do more of the reaching out and the impact. Um, so in five years, bro, like, not gonna be working, uh, not gonna have the nine to five. The, the page is definitely the platform, right? Because it's not even a page at this point. It's really a platform. It's going to be over, definitely over 100,000 people through all social medias. Safe Haven is going to have over 1,000 people, without a doubt. Um, and the back end is going to be automated. So it's really just going to be me creating and then posting, um, having a team of people that I, that I you know, talk to that post on my behalf, and, and then also having therapists. Um, the long, long-term vision, 10 years, right, if we get into 10 years, is creating... Uh, mental health, uh, they call it outpatient mental health like clinics, right? And basically, I think of it as like a YMCA for mental health, mm, right? So nope. it's going to be a bunch of therapist offices, it's going to be gyms, it's going to be studios, it's going to be like a building like this basically, but geared towards mental health. So imagine like you going to a gym, right? But you're playing basketball with therapists. Dope. That's you know what I'm saying? A lot of times, the reason why we don't get into therapies because we don't know what it looks like. I don't know that a therapist actually looks like you. Mm. And so for me, it's like, bro, I don't want to sit down with no white man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? True. But when you go into a, a facility and you know that the people that you're going to be around are therapists and you can kind of bounce ideas off of them and they're just, you know, letting you know, yo, bro, I'm free on this day. You're going to be more comfortable with, like, potentially having a conversation with them. Right? And so for me, it's about always bring into the community what we need where we're at. Mm -hmm. So that's why I started with the social media first because that's where we're at, we're always on our phones. But eventually we have to have the physical locations and that's what's gonna happen in a 10 years uh, time frame. I gotta get my degree, do a certain number of years, have people under me um, and then branch it out that way. But eventually it's gonna be an outpatient clinic and we're gonna have them in New York, Atlanta, right. all the hot spots, all the cities where a lot of black people are cities. Yeah. yeah. How do you find time to like, uh to pour into yourself before giving to so many other people, bro. Like, like you said, you have 60,000 people. 
you have a great audience. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you find the time in, in the in the space to just pour into you before you just pour into everybody else? The, the key word is before. Yeah. So from, it's, it's really that. Sometimes it's a simple. It's really a simple solution, right? So for me, is I do that before I do anything, right? So I wake up in the morning. Right, and I'm, I don't always do this. Well, we do a typical day. Because on a, tic- uh, a typical, typical day, day. Yeah, like yeah. A, a typical busy day, or like content posting yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, so a typical, typical day. day. Let me take you through. Right, wake up around six ish, six a.m., six thirty, like six thirty. Right, mm-hmm. around six fifty, I'm out the door. Um, for work? F- no, nah, not for work. Oh, okay. I work from home. So oh, around okay. 6.50, I'm out the door. I'm going to the gym. Got you. Okay. So that's that's gym. where I'm investing time in myself, right? Got it. Normally, before I even go to the gym, I've already meditated for five to ten minutes. Right? Got you. So that's another investment in myself. Then I hit the gym, um, and I have a trainer. So we do a session for like an hour and a half to two hours, mm-hmm. right? So by the time I finish that, it's around like 8.30, um, 9. I'm coming back home. Um, I've already made a smoothie before I, I went to the gym, or I'm making a smoothie now. I make that smoothie. I go upstairs to my room where I'm about to, you know, start my my work day, and either I meditate then if I haven't already, um, or I just start my day where I, you know, drink my smoothie, start my work, right? And I, that'll be posting an affirmation to the to the page at nine o'clock. Then at twelve o'clock is posting some video content, whether it be through the podcast or YouTube. And at six o'clock is posting like a carousel. Um, which is a longer form type of content where you got to swipe through because normally the thought process is 9 o'clock you need inspiration, 12 o'clock you're ready to be entertained, and at 6 o'clock you're ready for ed- education because it's the end 9 of the day. 9 o'clock you're ready, time. you need affirmation, you said? Inspiration, nine, nine affirmation. You inspiration. Yeah, 12, 12 o'clock, o'clock you're ready you to be aff- entertained. Entertained. Lunchtime, okay. You know what I'm saying? What at 6 time? o'clock you're ready to be educated. Mm, I like that. So that's the way I, I think I like about that. it, right? Okay. And before all of that too, on my way to the gym, I'm praying. I like so that's that. why I get my prayer in, um, and I'm talking to God, and I'm asking Him, you know, just to guide me and make sure that you know I stay sane with all of this, and that you know I want to give Him all the glory and all the praise for everything that He's doing in my life, and I just thank Him for uh, the community that we have because it's dope. Dope, bro. Yeah. Dope. Yes, sir. Good little day, day in the life. Yeah. All right, man. So, so what's you kind of give us a lot, man? What's next for you, bro? What's next? What's next, man? What you got? You know, any big projects? Um, anything that the people should be looking out for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got 20 more slots to fill for low-cost therapy inside of Safe Haven. So uh-huh. I've been doing that through DMs. I've been sending out like hundreds of DMs in the last week or so um, of people that are looking for therapy and I'm trying to hook them up inside of Safe Haven for low-cost therapy. Uh, $50 a session. So that's what we're trying to fill right now. We have some other things that I'm working on. I can't, you know what I'm saying? It's cool, bro. Yeah, you know whatever, whatever you can say. Yeah, you know, it's not, it's cool. not finalized yeah, yet, so I don't want to say yeah, anything. For sure. For sure. Um, but what I can say for a fact is that um, the thought process is to create a space where we can continue to facilitate conversations not only inside of Express Yourself Black Man, but other places, right? So uh, potentially doing tours, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, conferences, that kind of thing. Um, so in the works, we're kind of plans with different organizations to get those things uh, done. So um, I think the main thing, though, is getting to a point with Safe Haven where I'm able to then get out of the nine to five and be able to work on it solely. So I'm always focusing time on that. Um, and then also branching out with the podcast, having bigger guests, you know, better topics, better it. content, all that kind of things, all that all that kind of stuff. And then also automating the back end. Because um, I think a lot of times, like we said, or like I talked about really is like, we think of social media as like the solution to the nine to five, right? I'm going to be a content creator, but we don't realize you clocking in again, right? Oh, no. And for me, getting out of that 
and having my time back is, is the way that I do that is by automating the back end, which is like figuring out how to get it to a point where we can kind of like automatically post after I create content. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm working a lot on that. Um, and then also, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I didn't even say this, but getting my degree, mm. getting my degree. So I take this very seriously. Like I'm Hold a mental up. health advocate right now, but um, I'm definitely gonna get That's my big. degree. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna get my degree because um, this is not something that I'm- What is it gonna be in? Uh, mental health counseling. So oh, okay. it's gonna be yeah, clinical, clinical mental health counseling yeah, so that I could be a counselor, right? Like this is not something that I'm just doing because um, of course I'm passionate about it, but like this is, this is, like I know- certified. Yeah, this is, I know I'm called to do this, right? Big, so bro. with that, um, I understand that I have to go and get the degree. And like I said, the 10 year plan is to have the outpatient mental health clinic. In order to have that, you gotta have the degree. So wow. um, just playing into all of that and understanding what the vision is so that I'm moving based off of that right now. So taking the small steps to get to that, that big goal. That's dope, man. Um, um, mm -hmm. I think you gave us you gave us everything, bro. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, just from listening to everything that you got going on, just from one man to another, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, I wish you well on everything. Keep doing your you. thing. You got a lot of great stuff going on. I mm -hmm. follow you know, you heavily, mm -hmm. you know, because you're not just only helping people like myself, but you're helping thousands and thousands of people. So, you know, if you tuned into this episode, man, just please comment, you know, like, subscribe, be sure to follow Kizu, you know, all his information is going to be down in the description, but Kizu, my God, appreciate you, man. If y'all tuned in, I love y'all. Peace. I'm on a mission for maze, no matter how long it's going to take. I could just see it already. Give me that new Benz or the Wraith. Watching my own back where I'm from, it was never safe. Yeah, need a hundred M's up in the safe. Uh -huh. Last chance, life a movie. Roll another one and get baked. Mix the underwealth with the Gucci. Yeah, you know when I get up in it. Uh -huh. I promise you gon' catch feelings. All you gotta do is hold it down. I told you I'ma kill these niggas. 